Hello, and welcome to Controversies in Church History, the podcast that takes you through the most interesting, important, and controversial episodes in the history of the Roman Catholic Church. Welcome again. My name is Derek Taylor, the host for this podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to all my regular listeners. Thank you to people who are new who've just tuning in to the little podcast here. Remember, you can find uh, Controversies in Church History on the web at churchcontroversies.com. Find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, which the YouTube channel, I think about it, needs to be updated. Uh, some newer episodes haven't gotten there, but they'll get there eventually. Uh, as well as on Patreon. You can become a patron of the uh, of the uh, podcast um, if you like. Uh, if you so uh, choose, you don't have to. Basically, everything gets made um, available to everyone uh, through the archive. We're hosted by Spotify, so Spotify for podcasters. You can find it there. Um, uh, will be some things, and I'll discuss this at the end of the episode, coming forward. There are some sort of patron-only episodes and stuff, so if you want to do that, you can. But most everything is going to be available. So, uh, welcome to another uh, episode of the podcast. I have another um, sort of one-off episode. And this is this is another one of these episodes where I, I'm basically reading an article. Actually, it's a blog post I wrote for our, my blog on the, on the uh, website for the podcast just to do this from time to time probably do more of it going forward and this is actually contemporary commentary but i have a historical background and so i figure you might want to read this people who did continue to read it. a lot of people don't go to the website so and this is on world youth day which there had been uh, just recently the world youth day the i guess it's every three years they do it now where um you know catholic youth uh meet <clears throat> uh, to talk about well to do various things but uh, and there's some some controversy over this about the treatment of the Eucharist Eucharistic host. So I had to I have my take on this, my hot take, deep thoughts on this. <coughs> Excuse me. No, I'm actually talking about it because I think there's a there's a wider historical context for this because of course there's this um, issue of what happens. It sometimes happens at these large uh, Catholic gatherings where the Eucharist doesn't seem to be respected. Where it's treated like it's just another, well, that, like it's just a sort of wafer you pass around. So, and so this is my little take on it. Won't be long. Uh, I'll talk about some stuff coming up uh, after this episode. So, without further ado, title of the blog post: World Youth Day Syndrome. So, another World Youth Day has come and gone. This global gathering of Catholic youths. Let him who has an ear hear. That's a reference to my cousin Vinny. If you didn't catch it. Uh, the film, go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's great. Uh, originated uh, by Pope John the Paul II in 1985, has become a staple of post-Vatican II life for many in the Church. The Church has been holding mass outdoor events since the early 20th century at the latest, and so World Youth Day is nothing new in that regard. But making the youth the focus of these large mass events was the novelty John Paul II introduced, and this is probably why it's attracted, it has attracted, and still attracts, much attention from the non-Catholic world, probably part of its rationale in the first place. There is, after all, strength in numbers, and this is one way the Church can announce to the world its vitality. As you may have heard, there have been complaints about this year's celebrations, ones that are not new. The Eucharistic host, in which our Lord is present, was apparently housed in plastic containers that did not all look like fit vessels for the Panis Angelicus. Social media has ensured that complaints about this and reaction to such complaints have made the rounds in the online Catholic world. 
I do not doubt that many have been edified in their faith by attending these events. But the problem is that they don't seem to do much for the faith of young people in the long run, from what I can tell. More than that, they have become occasions for the type of abuses listed in the articles referenced above, abuses that many have warned about, including the former Pope Benedict XVI. I don't think this is an accident. These events are patterned after large outdoor events like rock concerts or rock festivals and their own very secular rituals. It is not surprising that these types of abuses happen, given that the Mass is not a necessary feature of such events, and given the amount of time and planning that must go into accommodating a million or so people, that the Mass gets short shrift. If the organizers can't put on World Youth Day without these types of things happening, then it seems logical that they should not put them on at all, or at least not in their current form. Such considerations are not apparent to the defenders of World Youth Day, however. Yours truly has participated in this online confab. For reasons I myself am not entirely sure why I decided to participate in this online confab. I left comments on an article at the, the Pillars website. The Pillar is a uh, Catholic uh, news website run by J.D. Flynn and, and uh, uh, Ed Condon. And the reaction to my comments was quite strong. Virtually no one wanted to address the issue, but mostly ignored my criticisms, insisting that World Youth Day was simply too important to discontinue. Usually these kinds of discussions get nowhere, and this, was, this one was no exception. The thing that always gets me with these kinds of discussions is not the actual defense of things like World Youth Day, which are defensible, which are defensible, um, but the way their defenders make them uh, um, how they make these defenses. I should be clear, I am not really hostile to World Youth Day. It is not something I have any interest in. I'm 45, so I'm not young. Uh, but if it leads people to grow in their faith, so much the better. However, it is a 40-year-old event, a pastoral initiative which is in no way essential to the faith or the church's flourishing. If it continues to produce abuses against the Eucharist, the body and blood of our Lord, it seems obvious it ought to be discontinued, at least in its current form. What's more important, the Eucharist or an event that the church has done quite well without for most of its history? I can say this much. There are a lot of people who hate that idea, which is what I found so baffling about the responses to my criticisms. The defenders of World Youth Day seemed much more offended by the suggestion that World Youth Day should be discontinued than by offenses against God himself and the Eucharistic host. To be sure, most seem to condemn the abuses, but not nearly with the same ardor as they defended World Youth Day. This sort of backward way of thinking, of putting more emphasis and passion into adiaphora, adiaphora is a term, uh, fancy uh, Greek term meaning things indifferent, or things that are not matters of uh, salvation, putting more emphasis and passion into these things than into the fundamental elements of the faith. Um, this should sound familiar to those who have been involved with the liturgical wars of the past half-century and more. Take the whole issue of ad orientem, mass with the priest facing the altar, and verse populum, with the uh, mass with the priest facing the congregation, in the liturgy. I certainly think ad orientem should be the way all masses are conducted, but if a few here or there are done verse populum, it is not that big of a deal, and certainly not something I would complain about. The obverse of this, I mean, it's converse, the opposite of this is definitely not the case with defenders of verse populum. 
the most ardent defenders of that practice attack the idea that the priest is, quote-unquote, turning his back on the congregation. But at times, they almost... They display an almost uh, they almost they display an obsession with being seen by the priest, which borders on the hysterical. The priest isn't looking at me. Why isn't he looking at me? He has to look at me. Look at me. That's in all caps in the actual article. Anyway, uh, I, I know it's kind of silly, but uh, it is as if these people suffer from some sort of Stockholm syndrome with regards to their priests, which, given the adulation with which, with, with which priests are sometimes showered, is not that surprising. My point here is that this the, the defense of World Youth Day is a, sort of a microcosm of defenses of the post-Vatican II Church as a whole. As there are similarities between people who defend, you know, who get offended at any criticism of the Church since Vatican II, defenders of the Reformed liturgy, of the sort of papal cult of personality encouraged by John Paul II, uh, of ecumenical gatherings like those at Assisi, um, these sorts of things. All these defenders treat recent innovations by church leaders as if they were solemnly defined dogmas, while downplaying, you know, bad trends regarding fundamental aspects of the faith, such as declining belief in the real presence, or dwindling membership numbers, or attendance numbers. And this, in putting inordinate emphasis on things of equivocal importance, while ignoring problems with fundamentals of the faith, is one of the most notable trends of the church post-Vatican II, in my opinion. Call it World Youth Day Syndrome, if you like. I don't insist on the name, but it fits. <clears throat> this is one of the great mysteries of the post-Vatican II church. The only thing I can think to explain this is that so much emphasis has been placed on personal experience since Vatican II, on having a quote-unquote deeper personal faith, which almost always means in practice a much more intensely emotional one. Now, this was a reaction against the perceived, quote-unquote, formalism of the preconciliar church, and there's nothing, again, nothing wrong with having an intensely emotional faith in and of itself. But I think this overemphasis on this has been a disaster. In the comments section, when I pointed out in, on this Pillar article that despite the good experiences of some people with World Youth Day, these events had done nothing to halt the decline of church membership in practice, especially among the young, their target audience, the replies just went on reiterating their own personal experience of these events, as if nothing else mattered. The fact that the church is literally dying in the Western world and other places, the fact that our Lord is being abused at these events, is not as important as that they had really good experiences at World Youth Day. Again, let me repeat, I don't hate World Youth Day. Intense experiences are actually good, or at least can't be but they are much less important than if the average parish was more orthodox and more devout week to week, uh, rather than the spiritual wasteland so many of them are. But that point, by the way, let me stop and explain that. Again, these big one-off events are fine, they just don't last. Um, you need more constant you know, reinforcement that's not necessarily so intense, rather than these big events. I just think it's a waste of energy, to a certain degree. Anyway, continuing. If its organizers, meaning World Youth Day, can reform it into an event where such abuses no longer take place, then let it continue. But I insist that more traditional gatherings, pilgrimages and the like, are more likely to form people in the faith, be less open to abuse, and are, more um, and are a more reliable sign of the vitality of, of the church than mass events like World Youth Day. 
And again, I'll explain that for a second. You know, people, someone mentioned in the comments on that Pillar article that, well, look, you don't know anything about World Youth Day. These, these events are all often connected with pilgrimages. I'm like, I didn't answer it because I got tired of answering these same things over and over again. I'm like, great. That's great. The traditional pilgrimage should be the focus. <laughs> In other words, more, more, most of the energy should go to that. You can have a big meeting at the beginning. That's fine. Uh, look, the big purpose of World Youth Day is to get young Catholics together and meet each other. Great. You can do that in other ways. And you can do it where it's subordinated to things like, again, the Eucharist, pilgrimage, things that are permanent, perennial aspects of the life of the faith. World Youth Day it's just not it's just not a permanent part of things and one of the biggest problems in the church today is we've lost contact in many cases our leaders have lost belief in the perennial aspects of the faith and again i think you can remake world youth day into something like that in its current form it doesn't seem like it does that and to wrap this up and in any case the intense focus on world youth day and events like them just seems misguided to me World Youth Day is not evil. It is just not that important in the grand scheme of things. So I hope you enjoyed that, my short little episode there. A uh, couple of things before I let you go. One, I am having, uh, I'm getting stuff, more episodes done. Should be the next episode in uh, uh, in the series on Latinization for our Patreon, uh, Patreon subscribers. You'll probably get that early since I, um, because of my mom passing away, I didn't chance to get to it. I'll probably hold that for not a month, but a week since you guys didn't get one last month and let people have access to that. I also have an, a, probably another one, another subscriber on Patreon, Patreon only, Patreon only episode in the next couple of weeks, week or two for subscribers. And um, I am beginning to reach out to people, I mentioned this before, for my patrons. Um, you're going to get um, interviews coming soon, I promise. I promise that's going to happen. And so some stuff going forward. And so that's about it. Uh, that's it for this episode. Hope um tied you over to the next other more deeper dives that I do into controversial subjects. Uh, hope everyone has a great week. Um, may God grant you many blessings and keep you and your loved ones uh, in peace and uh, in the path uh, of salvation. Thank you all and for listening. God bless and take care.